0: amen. Amen. Uh, This morning, uh, my friend, uh, Kenny Rager, who serves with the Kentucky Baptist Convention as the evangelism strategist, is here. Kenny's been uh, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, He's also, uh, Dana used to work for him as well, interestingly enough, when he was a pastor. Uh, in the Owensboro area. And uh, Kenny's here. One, he'll probably tell you some funny stories about me and Dana. So feel free to ask him about those when you see him. He probably has a lot of things that I would never tell you that he can tell you about. Uh, But he's also going to come this morning as a part of what I'm calling our Share the News Sunday to teach us how to share our faith. This this uh, holiday season, you're going to get a lot of opportunities with folks to talk about the reason for the season. Why are we here? What, what are we celebrating? And Kenny's going to have an awesome way to share with us of how to share our faith, the importance of it. And so um, I will let uh, Kenny come up. I'm going to pray for him, and then I'll let uh, Kenny take it from here. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that we do have news to share Uh, that you are good and that you have come to save us from our sins. I ask that you would uh, be with uh, Kenny as he preaches to us and helps us to understand how to communicate best uh, your gospel in a simple and understandable
1: way to other people. And I ask and I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And on behalf of the Kentucky Baptist Convention, you guys, we would like to say thank you to Crossroads Fellowship today because you guys are part of a wonderful family of Kentucky Baptists, and together we are making a tremendous difference. Uh, Because of your support through the cooperative program, and you may not even realize this. I I, I talk to Southern Baptists all the time, and they have no idea when you give through the cooperative program all that you're touching. Because of this church, you are helping children at Oneida Bible Institute. You are helping uh, men called of God and ladies called of God over at Clear Creek Bible College. You are helping... Children in the foster care through Sunrise Children Services. You are putting regional consultants that are available to all churches of all size, all across the mission field. You are putting backpacks on the backs full of food and, and and resources and supplies of children in the mountains. And I mean, just all kinds of other amazing stuff because you give through the cooperative program. In addition to that, that's just on a state level. You are also planting churches in New York City, Cincinnati, Miami, Chicago, L.A., St. Louis. You are doing that through your giving through the the cooperative program and the North American Mission Board. And what's amazing, because of this church, you guys are putting over 3,300 career missionaries on the field in foreign nations every time you give through the cooperative program. Did y'all know y'all were doing that? Did you know that? Every time you give through the cooperative program, that's what happens. And with Southern Baptist missionaries, this is what I think is amazing and wonderful. They do not have to leave the field and come back home and fundraise. They don't have to do that. Um, They are already paid for because, or, or provided for, because of giving through the cooperative program. So on behalf of the Kentucky Baptist Churches and the 2,300-plus churches that that I serve, thank you so much for having me today, but more than that, for giving through the cooperative program and making a kingdom impact. My task at the Kentucky Baptist Convention is to help our churches from Paducah to Pineville. That's That's not a small spread at all, is it, you know, from Paducah to Pineville, but it's to help our churches from Paducah to Pineville to to help grow in the area of evangelism and soul winning. And, And I love seeing people get saved. Listen, quick question. If you are born again today, aren't you glad somebody told you about Jesus? Aren't you glad that somebody took the time to share the good news of Christ with you? I've got two passages of scripture that we want to look at quickly. And I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2 and then to Matthew. Put your finger on Matthew 28. You're going to go back, but Luke chapter 2 and then uh, Matthew 28. When your pastor asked me to speak this morning, he said, Kenny, I want to do something different. I said, Sure, man. I'm all about different. I, I dig that. And he, I, says, I said, What do you want to do? He said, Well, I want you to train our people in evangelism, do a training for our people. And I said, On a Sunday morning, Matt? He said, On a Sunday morning. And I said, really, why do you want to do it on a Sunday morning? He said, because that's when the majority of the people are there. And he said, they, I said, I want as many people at Crossroads to know how to share their faith as possible. And I said, Matt, I'll be more than happy to do that, but if I get a little preachy, you might have to forgive me. So I'm going to tell you that same thing to you. If I get a little preachy this morning, you might just have to forgive me. Is that all right today? Let's look at God's word. Birth of Jesus, Jesus is born, miraculous time, Christmas is here. Notice in chapter 2, verse 15, look at what it says. Uh, Isn't it amazing that the angels appear to the shepherds, the common folk, the everyday people? Just look what happens Uh, when the angels appear. They say, in verse 13, suddenly there's a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel uh, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth To people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. We know the baby was Christ. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You see what happened? They, they go, they hear that Jesus is born. They go to see the baby. Verse 19, but Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. And I love this. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard which were just as they had been told. They have an encounter with Christ, the Christ child. They worship God, and then they they go out, and they do what? They're praising God, and and they're telling other people about Jesus. Jesus is born. God, the God's Son, God the Son, comes at Christmas. God in flesh. He comes at Bethlehem. He grows up. He does a miraculous ministry. He walks on water. He heals the sick. He raises the dead. All for the purpose of proving and demonstrating Who he is, and that his message of the kingdom of God is from God himself. And then he he goes to the cross. He is a substitute for our sins. The wrath of God is placed on him. He dies in our place. He is buried, and on the third day, he raises again to show that he is more powerful than death. And then you saw at the beginning of when he was born. Now let's look at the end. After he is resurrected. And now he is about to ascend into heaven in Matthew chapter 28. You saw the beginning. Now look at the end before he leaves the earth. Famous last words, Matthew 28 verse 18. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Father, thank you for the word. May you bless it this morning. We pray in your name. Amen. The beginning of Jesus' earthly life, when he became flesh, when God the Son became flesh, the shepherds were told about Jesus. They were told. But at the end, when he has died and he has been buried... And He resurrects before He ascends. Angels aren't telling anybody now. Do you see that? Angels aren't proclaiming nothing now. Uh, Paul would say that angels long to look into the issue of salvation. Now it is no longer the job of angels to proclaim. Now Jesus tells His disciples that they are to go to all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And that he's with us to the end of the age. Well, we know that the apostles did not live forever. They died. But if the Great Commission is to go forward to the end of the age, what does that mean? How does the Great Commission go forward if the men he was telling this to have already died? Well, you ready? (laughs) Because the next generation told people, and the next generation told people. And the next generation told people. And here we are, we get the 2020 here at the wonderful KD's, Kentucky, the front porch of the lakes, right? And what happens? We got a generation right in this church house today that the Lord Jesus Christ is with who your task is to take that gospel the very end of the age. We don't need angels preaching the gospel because we've got the children of God preaching the gospel today. We've got people that have crossed from death to life that know Jesus and it is our task to share the gospel with other people. Oftentimes when you start telling people about witnessing uh, you get this response, well man we believe in soul winning." We really do. See, we actually pay a pastor to do that for us. Well, let me tell you something. If you think you pay Brother Matt to do all the soul winning, you might have a little bit of problem with the Great Commission. All right? The Great Commission, as some have said, is not the great option, nor is it the great suggestion. Even though in many of our churches it's the great omission, is it not? The reality is is that all believers of all time are charged by Christ to take the gospel. Bill Fay in his book, Share Jesus Without Fear, made a powerful, pungent statement. He said that many Christians are guilty of committing the sin, you ready for this, of silence. Hey, Baptists have never had a problem keeping their mouth shut. Y'all know that, right? (laughs) Baptists don't have that problem. But yet when it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus, we clam up and lock up, do we not? We clam up. We don't want to tell nobody. We're scared. Oh, brother, Kenny. What if they make fun of me? What if they reject me? And I'm not making light of that. But here's the reality. All the apostles were brutally murdered for the gospel. And let me just be honest. A little ridicule and humility for sharing the gospel ain't going to kill you might actually make you stronger in the Lord. Did you know that? But nevertheless, if you're rejected or you're made fun of for the gospel, it's for the glory of God, right? Jesus said that would happen in the great, or in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes bless you when they say all kinds of things against you and falsely persecute you and spread rumors about you. You're blessed, actually, if that happens. Everybody always says, God, please bless me. You ever prayed that before? Lord, bless me? One surefire way of getting a blessing is just telling other people about Jesus. That's how you get blessed. You tell other people about Christ. Amen. See, the reality is we have the greatest message ever. The message of death to life. That if you believe in Jesus and repent of your sins, that Christ will save you. This is the greatest message ever. And yet we, we want the angels to tell people. We want the pastors to tell people. But it's our task to tell people, well, can you want if I say something? And they, and I get in a dialogue with them. And and they ask me a question and I don't know how to answer. That's a legit fear that a lot of folks have. And sometimes when you're witnessing to the people, they will ask you things that you just don't know. Let me free you up what I don't know. Can I tell you why? Because it shows humil- humility. It shows that you're a human being. You know, you're not a robot. But let me tell you another thing to free you up, can I? Here's the second part. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you already know more than they do, period. You know more than they do. I love one of the greatest witnessing strategies in the book of John is the blind man. They said, who did this to you? What happened? And do you remember what he said? He said, I don't have a clue. But all I know is this. I was once blind, but now I see. Man, if we can just tell people what Jesus has done for us in our lives, oh man, that can go so far. Do you know that? But I want to show you this morning a way that you are read, that you can present the gospel wherever you go, wherever you find yourself. You may have gospel tracts with you, you may not have gospel tracts with you. You may have um, a New Testament with you, you may not have a New Testament with you what I would like to show you this morning is a way that if you can just get a hold of an ink pen, just an ink pen, that you could present the gospel to anybody that you'd want to. Um, if you would, let's throw our slides up this morning here. On the back of your notes, I think Brother Matt said you normally uh, do sermon outlines and that sort of thing, but today it, it's blank, and that's, that's for a reason. If you've got your ink pen, I want you to carry your ink pen with you. Now, we're going to pretend that your program this morning is a, a napkin or it's something, maybe it's the back of a ticket at a restaurant. I can't tell you how many times I've presented the gospel on the back of a check at a restaurant. I can't tell you how many times I've done this. But this is a simple, easy way to share the gospel. And I believe it really does communicate the, the core essentials of sharing the faith. I, I believe it has a powerful, powerful impact. But I want you to see something really quick. It's called The Three Circles. The North American Mission Board, Jimmy Scroggins, is the one that I think came up with this. The North American Mission Board has really ran with it. But I believe it is a good visual illustration of how to present the gospel to somebody. We'll go to the next slide here, okay? So it starts with, with the first circle. Go ahead and hit that. Draw a circle in the corner. You may even want to take your program and turn it sideways. That actually might be best. Take it and turn it sideways, all right? And I want you, just like, it, just like on the slide, all right, I want you to draw a circle, and I want you to just write in that circle God's design. When I sit down and I share the gospel using the three circles, I will start with that one. I will draw a circle, and I'll write God's design in it. And I'll look at the person, and I'll draw that little simple little circle on God's design, This, and I'll say something like this. I'll say... You know this is the way God intended it to be. Uh, this is the way He wanted it to be. This is a world without suffering, a world without shame, a world without cancer, a world without abuse, a world without pornography, a world without um, drug addiction. This was the way God wanted it this was This was good, and not only was it good that He's a good God, and He's a holy God. He's a a good God, and He actually gives us laws and commandments that reflect His goodness. The Bible says we are made in His image, and that we are to reflect Him and reflect the glory of God. Um, And this is the way that He wanted our lives to be. Um, And I will draw that, and sometimes I'll say this. I say, I don't know you very well, but I'm going to make a guess about something. And they'll say, Yeah, what, what, what's that? I say, I'm going to make a guess that God's perfect design for my life and your life is good, but you're not perfect. Is that correct? And they start laughing a little bit. Yeah, you're right. I'm not perfect. How many of you all would say that you've lived up entirely to God's perfect design for your life? Raise your hand if you have. Really? You neither, huh? You neither. Well, yeah, you know why? Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I'll draw that circle out and hit the next slide there. And then I'll draw an arrow. Draw an arrow on your sheet. And then I will write, right above that arrow, a three-letter word. S-I-N. Sin. And I will say, this is the way the Lord intended it to be. This was His good and perfect plan. It was His will We are His creation that was made to serve Him and love Him. But we haven't done that. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have uh, ran away. For there is no one righteous, no, not one. We've all turned our backs on God. There's not a single person that has stayed in God's perfect design for their life. We've all sinned. And I'll draw that circle and I'll draw that arrow and I'll say, you know what? I've sinned. I've left God's perfect design for my life. And I'll look at them and I'll say, I bet you have too, haven't you? I'll say, yeah, I, I have. I have disobeyed God's law. You, know, you just look at the Ten Commandments. You Know know are gods before Him, but yet we've always, we've all worshipped and prioritized things above God. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. And How often have we just thrown around God's name or Jesus' name? Or honor your mother and father. We've all done a great job with that, haven't we? You shall not lie, right? I always ask people, raise your hand if you ever told a lie. And I said, if you don't raise your hand, raise it two times because you just lied again, you know? We've all lied. Well, King, I've never committed adultery. Jesus said if you lust after a woman, it's the act of adultery. Well, I've never murdered somebody. Well, Jesus said if you harbor anger and hatred in your heart, it's like the act of murder. So you know what we have Every human being is a lying, thieving murderer that worships false gods. It's what we are. It's who we are. And we leave God's perfect design for our lives. And then I'll draw the second circle. In this circle, I write the word brokenness in it. B-R-O-K-E-N-N-E-S-S. And I, and I will simply say, here's what happens when we leave God's perfect plan. When we rebel against God, our sin takes us into a world of brokenness. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. We know that's the second death, right? We know that's, that's, a, that's a, a literal hell that those that don't know Christ will spend an eternity in. We know that if they, if they aren't forgiven of their sin. But you know what else I've noticed? That sin just doesn't bring death for eternity. It kills about every single thing it touches while you're alive on earth, too. Yeah. Do you know that? Sin kills about every single thing. It kills relationships. It kills your joy. It kills your peace. It brings death all around. Sin just destroys everything. Why? Because it's not God's perfect design. It's, it's the opposite of God's design. It breaks everything apart. And I'll simply say people, I'll tell people when I draw it out, i said, say, I bet you have felt that before, haven't you? Where you have felt because of your mistakes and your failures that you feel like your life is broken. You feel like everything's upside down and inside out and it's not working correctly. I know I've been there before. Anybody else been there before? And then I'll say, let me make another observation. And I will start to write these little squiggly arrows. Draw those little squiggly arrows. There's a reason I draw those squiggly arrows. And I draw them away from God's design. They're going away from God's design. I'll say, you know, we have this brokenness in our life, and we know it's not good. We know it's wrong, so we try everything in the world to fix it ourselves. We try our best, we'll try religion, we'll try church, we'll try good deeds, we'll try uh, January's coming up, right? Resolution's coming up. Anybody got a good resolution they're going to make that'll last for about, what, two days? Three days? You know, I've been trying to lose weight now for like ten years, That's my resolution, you know? I'm going to get on it someday, you know? But what happens? We fall short, right? We can't do it. We try our own way to fix it. And every time we try religion or we try this or we try that and we try to make it better ourselves, you know what happens? We get further and further away from the way God wants it. We try it on our own. Just further and further and further away. So I'll draw that out. And by that time, people's like, man, what's the hope? Like how do we ever get back to God's design for our life? How do we do that? I introduced the third circle. And it's called the gospel. Oh, the gospel's good. The gospel's what what Christmas is all about. Uh, The gospel is this, that, that we have left God, but God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to the world. And that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. The gospel is this, that Jesus, who never sinned, who never failed, who was full of love, was full of compassion, who was full of truth and righteousness and justice, came to this earth, proved who He was, and He still allowed Himself to be taxed to a sinner's cross and he took our punishment for us he took our sin for us so we would not be broken people but restored people and I'll draw that out and I'll say did you know Jesus did this for you did you know Christ did this for you that he came and he did this for you because he loves you. And he died. And I will say, but you know, just knowing that he did that is not enough. Just knowing there needs to be a response. And I will draw another arrow. And I will draw an arrow away from brokenness towards the gospel. And I put two words. Repent. And believe. Sometimes I put repent on the top and believe on the bottom. It doesn't matter. But I write repent and believe. Repentance means that we acknowledge our sin, that we know that we've done wrong. We know we've done wrong. We acknowledge it. Believing is putting our trust into something. So in the Greek, the word believe, which is used in John 3.16... Um, That is the word pastuio. And what that means is it's putting faith or confidence into. It's not just an intellectual knowledge. It's putting faith. It's putting trust. Uh, For example, how many of you all believe that an airplane can carry you from Miami or from Nashville to Miami? You believe that? I don't do. Science tells us that, that that's true. But the belief in the New Testament is like this. It's not just knowing that the airplane will take us from Nashville to Miami. It's actually going down to Nashville, getting on board the plane, sitting down, buckling up, and trusting that captain to get you to Miami. That's what Christianity is is about, trusting in the captain. And you place your faith. So you're saying, man, I'm broken. My sin has landed me in a mess of trouble. And if I was to die without Christ, I'm going to split hell wide open. But I, but I believe that Jesus is the answer, that he died for the world. And if I respond to him, if I say my way is not right, I'm going to return, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to repent of my sin and place trust and confidence into Christ and the gospel. Because I can't do it on my own. And something amazing happens. And it's the final arrow. When you give your life to Jesus, there is a recovery and a pursuit back into God's design. For the rest of your Christian life, for the rest of your life as a believer in Jesus, you are on the path back to God's order in your life, of the Lord putting order back into your life. And you know what? It ain't going to be perfect. Until you get to glory. Did you know that? But if you know Jesus, you're going to get there. And then one day you're going to get glorified. And there'll be no more sin problem that we deal with. But praise the Lord that if, if Jesus is in your heart in the gospel and you have repented of your sins and believed in the gospel, guess what? You ready? You are a new person in Christ. And you are now for the rest of your life. And it's going to have troubles. It's going to have faults. You're going to mess up, fall down, you name it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But you will always have God's grace and His mercy. And when you mess up, and you will, right? You'll be under God's grace. You'll learn from it. And He'll continue you on that path of putting you back in God's design. Normally, I would have you break up and I would have you do this and present it to one another. Sunday morning makes that a little bit of a challenge, and COVID makes it even a harder challenge. Would you agree with me on that? It makes it a harder challenge to do evangelistic training. But I want you to know that this is a simple way of writing the gospel out. My wife and I, we celebrated our 13th year marriage uh, not too long ago, back in October. And we went to um, out to eat in um, Lexington, and um, like I love Mexican food. I mean, it's like, I mean, I love it. Like, if you cut my veins open, it probably bleeds queso. You know, I mean, it's just it is what it is. You know, I've already told Matt and Dana that we're probably going to do out at El Cereal because that's a good one over there. All right, I've been there a couple times; it's a good one. And uh, so we went to uh, out to eat a nice restaurant the night before, and then on our way home, we stopped at a Mexican joint. is Chewie's Chewy's restaurant, which is awesome. You've never been to Chewie's. But um, this young man came to our table, and and we just struck up a conversation with him with a little bit of small talk. By the way, it sounds weird, but a little small talk goes a long way when you're evangelizing with people, just talking to people, chatting, and then just transitioning the conversation is hard. That's another lesson for another day, but you can transition in all kinds of ways. This day. Um, I transitioned simply by asking the waiter. I said, hey, man, uh, is there anything we can pray for you about? And he said, man, he said, yeah, I've had some hard, I've just had, because we're going to pray for our food, right? We're going to bless our food. I said, is there anything we can pray for you about? And he says, yeah, he said, man, I really need a turnaround in my life. He used that word. And I thought, Lord, you just set this up. (laughs) I mean, this is like a softball serve. I need a turnaround. I said, what in the world? So we prayed with the boy. And I said, I'll tell you what, at the end of our meal, you, you come back. I'm going to show you how to get a turnaround. And I'm sitting here praying the whole time, Lord, please don't come back in the next 30 minutes. And please don't let this guy like fall on an enchilada and kill himself or something, you know. But he came back, and, and I said, I want to show you how to get that turnaround. He said, okay. He, the restaurant wasn't busy. He literally pulls a chair up, and he says, show me. I take out a napkin that's on the table. I'd already paid for my meal, so guess what I had? I paid with the card, so guess what I had? An ink pen. Ticket. I had it all. And I took, and I walked that young man through each of those circles, and I asked him a question. And this is the key part of drawing out the three circles that I don't want you ever to forget. When you draw it out, you always ask this question. Now, don't forget this one. You may need to write this one down because this is a big piece of this. And I asked this young man this question. Which circle are you in? Which circle are you in? And he looked and he said, I'm right there. I'm in brokenness right now. He said, but I want to be over there. I said, well, brother. I said, friend. I said, you... You've got to repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that young man, right there at a Chewy's restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky, bowed his head and he prayed to receive Christ at that restaurant. See, I know Mexican food's good. Man, God can even save you in a Mexican restaurant. You know what I mean? It's wonderful. God even meets you there, you know? It's amazing. But a simple way Of sharing the gospel. Every one of us in this room just got trained in how to share the gospel. You just got trained. You need to practice the little diagram. This isn't hard. Matt, you ought to put something on the wall up here or something so they come in every Sunday and memorize it. You know, wouldn't that be cool? Put that on the wall or something? Just so you can remember it. But here's the deal though, you ready? Here's the deal. You got what you need. You got a tool. But tools don't work unless you what? Get it out of the toolbox, right? Right. You're trained. But as I went through this today, I halfway wonder if there's not somebody in this room today that's not right there today. Many of you all are right here. Many of you all are. You're not there yet, because you're not graduated yet. But you're right there. That's where I'm at today. I'm not perfect, but I've been saved by God's grace, and I'm on His path. And when I fall down, the gospel still picks me up. It's amazing. Amen? But some of y'all are over there today. You feel the weight of your sin. You've rebelled against God. You've heard the gospel of Jesus, that Christ came to die for the world. And if you respond today to the gospel of Christ, if you respond, there is a great promise for you that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13, will be saved. Not maybe, not could be, but will be. I ask you today, if there is somebody in this brokenness, would you be willing to admit that your sins are wrong? that you need a better way of life and would you trust that jesus died shed his blood and rose again for you i'm going to ask you this morning to bow your head and close your eyes and um brother matt i know this may not be your custom but i I do want you to come and just stand here with me if you would and if our praise team could just come quietly and just make their way up to the stage if they would this morning um Maybe the guitar or the piano could play softly at first, but just with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to respond today if God is calling you. If the Holy Spirit is drawing you today, if Jesus is drawing you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. Understand it's not magic words, it's not hocus-pocus, it's not an incantation or some sort of chant. But it's an acknowledgement of your sin and a belief that Jesus died and rose again and a decision to follow him. If today you're in this room, you'd say, Brother Matt, Kenny, I need to repent and believe. I need to trust and be born again. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, it's not magic words, it's not hocus-pocus, but it's a genuine trust and belief in Christ would you open your heart to God and pray something like this? Dear God, I am a sinner. I'm in brokenness. But I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again. I open my heart to you right now. Please save me. Please give me grace. I trust in you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. With heads up still bowed and eyes still closed today, maybe you made that decision. Maybe you were seven years old when you prayed to receive Christ, or 77, but you know Jesus is in your heart. If you have received Christ... I want you to raise your hands this morning to praise to God. Not for me, not for Matt, but to Jesus. And just say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, God, for coming into my life. Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Wherever you are, just praise Him. Say, thank you, Lord, for giving me new life. Thank you so much. You, You keep your hands up as long as you want to. That's between you and God. Not me, and Matt. That's when you and God. Maybe you just made the decision to follow Christ for the very first time. And you would say, I just went from brokenness to belief and repentance. And I believe Christ is in my life. If you made that decision today, we want to acknowledge that. We want to celebrate that. We want to encourage you on a life of discipleship. To grow and to, to be nurtured in this new decision. This path of recovery back into God's design. Did anyone today, for the very first time, invite Jesus into their heart? If you did, would you raise your hand to God? Would you make eye contact with me and Matt? And just say, I just did that. Jesus is in my heart. Father, today we thank you for another tool, another way to share the gospel. Lord, help us now to take what we've learned and apply it, to tell others. We thank you for Christ. In your name we pray. When we stand as we worship the Lord.
2: Let's sing that light of the world. Light of the world You step down into darkness Oh Beauty that made this heart adore you, all oh, my love of life spent with you. days also oh,
0: family or maybe once restaurants open tomorrow, you may be out to eat and find yourself in an opportunity. Now we know of a way we can begin to share our faith and make it very simple and understandable. Uh, For folks, two closing announcements before our benediction. First, just a reminder, we always have uh, the basket by the door to give. Again, I, I love that Kenny emphasized all, part of your giving goes to the cooperative program to send missionaries across the world, church plant, uh, here in the states and even beyond, in your own, uh, in our own neighborhood, with uh, orphan care and other things like that, that are so wonderful. Online giving always available, uh, and you can text any amount to eight four three two one. We also have, if you want to support our Haiti mission down at the end of the hall, an opportunity to to give and purchase some items to uh, and to uh, support and uh, continue to grow our mission uh, in Haiti. And we close with a benediction, a blessing uh, that Jesus gave to his disciples after he ascended. And before he sent them out, he breathed his Holy Spirit on them. And here's what Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending
2: you. Amen. Amen.